Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome to 1874. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, joined by the Athletics' very own Greg Evans, fresh back from the golf course, still in his golfing gear, very on brand. Greg, how are you? Good, thanks, Dan. Yeah, I've had a uh, busy day. Good good day to uh, take off and go and play golf, wasn't it? Literally every single time. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> every, time, every time I play golf, it, something happens at Villa. It's, uh, I had to uh, run off the golf course a couple of Friday nights ago because Villa uh, announced something. Oh, yeah, the sporting director, Monchu, was arriving. So I kind of had to be on top of that. So, yeah, I didn't have time to change. So, yeah, here I am. Yeah. Here we go. Apologies for slight lightness. To be honest, we're usually late anyway, let alone when someone's travelling back from somewhere. So Greg literally has just walked through the door and has jumped straight on this podcast tonight. We decided to do one because it's looking like Villa are going to sign Pau Torres. Unai Emery set to be reunited with the Villa Real centre-back, who he has, of course, worked with before. David Ornstein revealed this on The Athletic earlier today. I presume David Ornstein did it because you were on the golf course, Greg. But tell us what you know. Um, well, I, I wouldn't like to claim that I break transfer stories. Yeah, really David was, as I said, that, that was very kind of you. <laughs> um, but we can roll with that if you want. Um, the new David Ornstein, Greg. Yeah, yeah, no, and another another fantastic uh, story from from my colleague David Ornstein, Fabrizio Romano, obviously tweeting about it um, earlier in the day. So, yeah, something that Villa have been on top of for, for a while now. In the uh, what do we expect from the summer transfer business article that I wrote earlier in the month we still in june yet uh, earlier in the month uh, i mentioned that Paul torres was a, a player that villa had been you know looking at for for some time uno emery obviously liked him a lot still does um and we expected if villa did move for a center back that he would be the guy um personal terms were agreed a little bit easier than than the fee that was that was um that was a, that eventually will be agreed with um villa real believe it's around the £35 million mark, but we will get further clarity on that in the next couple of days um, when we expect Villa to announce that signing. So, yeah, a big one for them. Um, you know, big, big amount of money to spend on a centre-back having just 
you know, only really just buying one for, for £26 million last year um, in Diego Carlos and getting him back to full fitness now. Um, I think you might have a slightly disappointed or angry Brazilian on their hands at, at some point, you know, for... Carlos was signed to, to play for Aston Villa and he's now got even more competition um, with, with Paul Torres coming in. Good signing for Villa, I think so. Yeah, you know, he's obviously got a very high profile um, from his time in Spain. I think he ticks a lot a lot of boxes, doesn't he? Very similar to the, the Tielemann signing in the fact that he can he's played in Europe, he's got the European experience. Very, extremely durable. You know, played lots of games for Villarreal over the last couple of seasons. Um, I mean, I suppose the the one question you're just asking is why haven't a really big club come in and, and signed him? Because you know if he's that good, why haven't uh, you know Man City, Man United, Arsenal, um, Bayern Munich were were linked with him, but have decided to go for for Napoli's centre half Kim. So they see other defenders as better. Hopefully Villa will will use it to their advantage, and he'll be somebody who can take the club on further. I think it's the one thing we can say is that it's going to strengthen the squad, isn't it? We expect Villa will move on players now on the back of this. Um, but if you look at the four centre halves now, and probably the five midfielders that they've got in 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 the um, in the squad as well now, they're they're building a really really strong squad and and one that plenty of other Premier League clubs will be envious of. Yeah, he's 26. I've got to admit, I thought he was a little bit younger until the last week or so. He's 26, Paul Torres. Like you say, he's played a lot of games now, played in European competition, which is a good thing because we've said before, not many players in the current Villa squad have actually played in Europe. So to have someone that's gone all the way to the semi-finals in the Champions League and had to play against a lot of really high-level opponents, I think that will be helpful to Villa, particularly in the in the European games and if they're to get to, to the latter stages. He's left-footed, so Mink Torre Mings has signed a, a new contract. Pau Torres is left-footed. You assume they're in competition with each other for the left-sided centre-back role. But I said this on another podcast. When you have two right-footers playing centre-back together, no one ever really bats an eyelid. But suddenly the thought of two left-footers, people people go mad. Oh, you can't have two left-footers playing together at centre-half. I think it, it's rarer because there's less left-footed players. But Pau Torres coming in, doesn't mean that Tyro Mings is suddenly going to be relegated to the substitutes bench. There's every chance that they'll play together, I assume. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd hope not. I think it would look rather strange after such a brilliant season for, for Tyro Mings to to lose his place. So, so I hope I hope that isn't the plan. Um, I think he's had a, an exceptional year, um, and you know, let, let's see what the the next few weeks and, and months bring. Obviously, we'll start seeing a little bit more in pre-season when the fixtures come back. Um, be good to get you know those four central defenders all together, uh, training quickly, see seeing which is the best and strongest partnership. Villa hope to have a lot of games this season. They, you know if they if they do qualify for the Europa Conference League uh, group stage, they they're going to have plenty of games there with the FA Cup and the um, Capita, uh, Capital One Cup. That's a, it's a while something back, was, isn't it? Something was called the Capital One Cup at some point. Capital One Cup? There was sure something was. called yeah, the Capital yeah, yeah, One yeah. Cup at one point, I'm, uh, I'm sure. Don't, don't know why I've got credit cards on my mind. But... Is it a, is it a golf tournament being, con- being sponsored <laughs> no. by Capital Race? Carabao Cup, isn't it? Carabao yeah. Cup, yeah. So, uh, look, you know, Villa, Villa are hoping to go as deep as they can into all three competitions. So, the aim is to have lots of games this season. And that will mean that partnerships in defence will need to be mixed up. To have four... Excellent centre halves like that to turn on um, will be really impressive. But I just wonder if, if if at some point you know there might be a sale now because Villa are extremely close to FFP. They can't just keep spending money. You know that obviously getting getting Telemans in uh, on a free transfer was was savvy. Um, 
increased his wages significantly because there was no transfer fee. Um, but you know, if you sign in a fourth centre back for, um, uh, you know, the, the money that Villa are paying, I just think at some point they're going to have to start selling some players. You know, whether that means that Callum Chambers will be moved on, you'd expect so, wouldn't you? Whether Dendonka now, um, they will try and certainly willing to listen to offers, um, hope that they can maybe get some money for him. The likes of uh, Nakamba and, and Sants on players that are just not going to feature. Then Villa need to make sure they get some money back now because it's going to be very tight for them. Um, and it's going to be the same for a lot of other Premier League clubs. You know, you look at Newcastle, that they, 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 they're trying to do big money deals. But again, they're going to be restricted by financial fair play. So um, I think there are going to be a lot of clubs that are having to look at selling players as well. And you just wonder... Where does that go with that Villa squad? Do they have to? Do they have to make a big, uh, big sale? You know, does Diego Carlos get really upset by this and and force their hand and, and want to move? I mean, th- these are all things that could raise questions in in the weeks and months ahead. Um, if Villa do have the four centre halves that they have got now going into next season, I think they'll be really strong. But at some point, they are going to have to get some money back through sales. I get that. You know, there's players there that are probably surplus to requirements. If you can get maybe. 20, 25 million, probably been a little bit generous there. Back for, for all those players that, that, that you've just mentioned. I mean, Dendonka cost £13 million himself a year ago. You'd probably want to be recouping somewhere near that. Mm. If you would say, you'd be looking at 20, 25 million for all those players that you've you've just mentioned. That that will help. And then obviously, some of those players are actually on relatively high wages as well, probably higher than they than they should be. That phrase at more money, but I, I was under the I guess I'm under the impression that, that Villa have, have still got a fair amount of wiggle room with with FFP and that they're, they're going to spend serious money this summer because they st- they're still, you know, I wouldn't have said centre back was a priority for, for Villa this this transfer window, but Emery's obviously got a player there that he's really fond of that he wanted to get in, so they they've done it, and I do think it's. No, I don't know whether it's a marquee signing, but I think it's a it's a high level signing for Villa because if you watch him play. You know, the defenders have done well on the ball this season and got a lot better as the season's gone on. But this guy is beyond comfortable on, on the ball. He's someone who will do tricks and, and flicks and get himself out of trouble defensively, isn't he? He's, he's very, very brave on the ball, very good at carrying the ball forward as well. And it just might open up a new dimension in, in how Villa play and on Mings and, and him playing together. Because at the moment, the right back tucks in and it at times becomes a back three because Moreno's been so high up the pitch that actually kind of takes away from the two left footed thing being a problem because if it almost becomes a back three and you've got one of them on the on the outside of the back three the right footer on the other side of the back three and the left footer in the middle so it, the way Villa play kind of negates that problem a little bit yeah I think so I think we all know that the the left sided defender uh, the left sided fullback gets gets forward um, and the right-sided fullback typically tends to stay back and, and joins in to, to make a three-man defence at times when, when Villa are defending uh, and building up. Will Will Unai Emery look at maybe a, a you know a three three centre halves lining up in 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 those four positions? We'll, we'll wait and see. I mean, again, a little bit unfortunate for Matty Cash if that's the case. I think that um, you know he'll be obviously wanting to play regular games this season as well. Um, especially with Ashley Young going, you know, we've, we've seen Villa have been linked with a few right backs um, already. Whether any of those come off, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, <clears throat> but I think the defence is looking relatively strong now. Uh, not sure, not just I think Torres's style will really suit Emery because he knows, obviously, obviously having him at Villarreal before and mould and help him mould him in the way that 
he has, uh, he has developed because the last three years have been really impressive for him. Um, that will give him a head start. Emery will know exactly how he wants him to play, where he'll want to fit in. And Torres will know um, the demands as well because having uh, played under him previously, and you know, you wonder if there's a sort of centre, sort of Spanish left-sided uh, feel to, to Villa's um, defence in the future with Moreno and, and Torres. Again, I, I you know, hope it doesn't come at the sacrifices ty- of Tyro Minx because I think I don't think it can. On, on the back of his you know brilliant season, I, I don't think he deserves to lose his place. I mean, you know, it's very very early days, so we we, we don't know. We're just second guessing now on, on what the plans are. Um, and as I previously mentioned, there are a lot of games. So yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, yeah, Minx and Conster, though, in fairness. They had to play pretty much every game last season, both of them. It, it's good to have those extra options and have different players for, for different games. It may be, you know, that in Europe, maybe you see Carlos and um, and Torres together, obviously the two that have played under Emery before and pl- both played in European competition for Emery before. It may be in Europe that you see those two and more so in the league. Some some of the time you see Concer and Mings. Concer, I still think Concer, if you look at how Emery played at Villarreal with one fourth playing right back, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that Villa don't actually sign a right back and that Conza plays a fair bit of, bit of football there. We saw it in the Wolves away game. Conza moved across and Diego Carlos came on it towards the end of, of that game. I think with a full pre-season to work on that kind of thing, it wouldn't surprise me. And I think if we maybe if we were to bring someone like Tyler Adams, who you've wrote about in as well, someone who's a central midfielder but has played a lot of football at right back. Yeah, These multifunctional players... It might be that you don't actually see a, a proper regulation right back actually come through the door and at Villa have got these different things. The concert right back thing would fit in very nicely with what he did with one fourth at Villa Royale. Yeah, I think so. Hundred percent. You know, we've we've been waiting to see that almost at some stage, at some point, haven't we? Last season, we, something we, I wrote about quite a lot. Um, I think with Cash as well, you know, even if Konza does move to that right back position and they do sort of alter it, I do still think Cash will get a lot of minutes because we've seen that that that, that Emery likes to double up almost on his fullbacks when holding out a game. Of course, Cash isn't going to be wanting to be somebody who keeps coming off the bench just to see out games. He wants to start games, and I'm sure he'll have his fair few um, if you know if, um, this season in, in various competitions. But the the defensive um, approach for memory, I think, will guarantee most of those defenders plenty of game time. With Tyler Adams, you know, it's something that, that Villa are certainly interested. They have been for a while. There are plenty of other Premier League clubs interested too. You know, Leeds really want to keep hold of him. Whether a new ownership group are able to um, persuade him to stay or not remains to be seen. Probably quite similar to. Uh, when Villa were, were were in the Championship and were trying to keep hold of Jack Grealish, and we're always facing those tests and, and managed to in the end. But um, you know, when you've got a real star player, it's, it's hard to keep hold of him. And I do see him playing in the Premier League next season, whether that be with Villa or one of the other clubs that are interested in him. But um, again, for Villa, they, they don't want to be spending too much money, um, you know, on transfer fees. And and to sign someone like Tyler Adams, he's going to command a big fee. Villa really do have to be careful now because they're they're heading into a time where they're desperately trying to increase revenues through various you know streams that we've seen. They need to be getting better commercial deals. They've increased the season ticket prices for obvious reasons. Um, you know they've just got a controversial betting uh, partner signed up for, for for the season. But the reason that that was done was because it was the best um, 
sponsorship deal on, on the table. You know, Villa, Villa looked at it and thought, well, if we're going to get around about £10 million, which is double what they were getting from Kazoo, um, and that's going to help lighten the load on financial fair play, then we're going to go for it. Yeah, it's come with controversy, but Villa are looking at the future of the club more so than anything. So these are all things that Villa are going to look at in the future. I think, you know, we know that they still want to get an attacking striker or a wide player, um, someone of those position, someone in that position. Nico Williams is a player that, that that Emery you know really likes and would love to bring uh, would love to sign. Still waiting to find out whether he signs an extension at Atletico Bilbao. Um, there are a couple of other options. We, we know again that Emery likes to build his team around wide players. He has done for a very long time. You know he he, he watched the the Deportivo La Coruña team of of two thousand I think, and that's where when he started to really think about how to build um, a team around wingers and he and he has done with almost every team he's had, he's had since. So a couple of other names that that are out already out there. Harvey Barnes is, is one potential option. Um be interesting to see whether Wilfred Zaha comes back into the um, conversation as well. Obviously somebody that Emery tried to sign at Arsenal um, and a player that has been offered to Villa in the past, but it was around about the same time that Leon Bailey came in and Villa decided that they they wanted to put all their eggs in the Bailey basket at that point, and um, Zaha stayed at Palace. So yeah, a couple of couple of uh, couple of options to look at. You know, Villa have missed out on a couple of players already. Emery really thought that he could get Asensio over from Real Madrid, but when PSG come calling, you know, he, there's only ever going to be one winner, isn't there? So the the bar is set very high. It's just whether Villa can get those deals over the line and whether they can generate enough funds from sales to make sure that the spend isn't too high and cause them grief with FFP. But the money the money is the money is there. Villa are <clears throat> in a relatively fortunate position with FFP due to the, the Grealish sale. And the last the last few like last summer, for example, Villa didn't really spend too too much of uh, of the money that, that was there. They had quite a frugal summer. It was only really Carlos that came in for for any real real money. So the the money is still there for I get what you're saying about FFP. You know, you don't want to you don't want to over the three year period. You don't want to get close to close to the edge. You don't want to. You don't want to cross cross those lines. But there, there's money to spend on 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 forward players. You know, Tillemans was signed on a on a free, and he'll have been part of Villa's part of Villa's budget. You know, but he'd have still cost. I'm presuming around 15, 15 million, perhaps all in when you take when you take everything into account. So although he's coming, his transfer favours are free. The wages will be more. The signing on fee will be more. That there'll be all sorts of of stuff like that. But Villa have got money to spend on on attackers. Villa have got money. They want to invest money, but they've got to stay in the parameters of FFP. And it's like when you look back to the, the championship years, Villa only Villa only Villa only scraped through um by selling the stadium back to their owners. Mm. If they didn't sell the stadium back to their owners, they wouldn't have been able to play in the Premier League. You know, it's like they won't be won't be at that it won't be at that level again. But they've had quite an expensive year when you look at it. Okay, signings haven't been out of this world and and and, and extremely high. But you know they, they spent a fair bit of money trying getting Gerard in, then getting rid of him, then bringing out Unai Emery in with um, plenty of his staff and bringing Monchi in, and it all adds up. And the wages are increasing. Um, you know you, you, the Tielemans deal, right? Was it was a was a free deal, a free transfer, but. The fact that he's getting paid very, very high wages makes that whole package into a very expensive deal. So, you know, there's a lot going on at Villa. They're spending a lot of money and they've got to make sure that they don't spend too much and get caught up in it all. Yeah, people are saying about the 
Carney Chukwemeka was sold for twenty million. That's pure profit. You know, Jack Grady yeah. was sold for a hundred million, pure profit. Now those two, those two styles in particular, they'll massively help when when coming to coming to buy players. Yeah. Yeah, massively similar to when um, similar went uh, to when Gary Gardner left, uh, you know, about a, a while ago, and, and you know Villa got four million pounds for him, which doesn't seem like much money right now. I but... thought you were lining up a joke there, to be honest. No, I mean, no. I mean, if, you, if you look back at it, though, I mean, you know, that the FFP when the three-year period was up last time was they were very, very close, and they they literally had to sell the stadium back to the owners, and they had to sell Gary Gardner for four million pounds to Birmingham City with with Yotta coming the other way, if you remember. To, to to account that as four million pound pure, pure profit because it was an academy player, so you know that the owners the owners want to spend money, but you know they're they're not prepared to just throw it away. They're they're clever businessmen. No, but Emery, you know, with all due respect, Emery wouldn't have come here if he wasn't going to get sufficient back back. And that's I'd... the challenge Villa now have. That is the that is the challenge Villa now have because yeah. Emery was promised assurances. He was promised money to to spend to bring players in. He was promised um, a sporting direct. He was promised the ch- to be able to appoint his own sporting mm. director, which he has done in Mancha. He's got an, he's got a huge backroom staff that I wrote about at the Athletic. Yeah, I've um, got that. I've been waiting for that for a while. Yeah, I mean, just you know, for those who haven't read it or or don't subscribe, it just goes into all the details about all of Emery's um, support team. The reasons why he he appointed various coaches or brought vi- a video analysis with, uh, a video analyst with him, the reasons why he's brought two new recruitment staff with him who he used to um, play with you know twenty odd years ago, all long term allies. So it's a it's almost an empire that he's building here and uh, at Villa, and he's be, he's been promised all these things, and he thinks Villa can sign Real Madrid players in Marco Asensio, and it's just not that easy. So. Just got to have a bit of a reality and that check. would have been, you know, that would have been an expense. I know it's a free again, free transfer, but that would have been a hell of a, you know, the money involved in that would have been astronomical. Yeah. So that, you know, that let's say he'd have turned around and, and said he was coming, you know, that money is still there. That that money's still available to get in a, get in a, for, a forward player. I find the Williams stuff interesting because I think it's very difficult to get players out of Bilbao because of the Basque thing. The players there are are fiercely loyal. They're there because it means so much to them. It's, there's no real... I can't think of another club that really mm. operate in Unique, that way. isn't it? Yeah, it's mm. very difficult to, to get players out, out of there. To me, he's not the finished article. In Villa in the forward positions, I think they need someone who's ready now, not raw. Someone who's going to be consistent. Someone who's going to offer them, offer them output. Because Bailey's got one of the shirts at the moment. It's very up and down, very, very inconsistent. Villa needs someone who is a dead sir in that position, in my opinion. I think so. But again, Dan, it's, it's money, isn't it? You know, it's going to be, it's going to be very expensive to get a dead sir in, in the right forward or left forward position. Um, with Williams, he's, he's somebody that, that Emery scouted and, and, and likes. Um, kind of feels like he's just, I mean, an R in over whether to sign a new contract and holding out for a bigger move almost. Kind of feels like that. Do you leave? Do you leave? As you say, the unique factor of leaving Bilbao, it's very tough. With all due respect, do you leave? Do you leave it for Aston Villa when there's potentially even bigger clubs that could come in for you in in the future? I think that might be one of his things on his mind. You know, we've been hearing for a very long time now that that Emery's extremely keen on Paul Torres and um, Nico Williams and. The same messages keep coming back. Torres potentially, Williams very difficult. 
I mean, I'm glad they got Torres because he's clearly a player that clearly a player that Emery re- really, really wanted, and I do think it may be a signing that's not above our station. I don't, I don't mean that. I mean, this centre back has been linked with a lot of a lot of really high profile Champions League clubs has played in in the Champions League. It's, I think it's a signing that at least you know I think it makes people stand up and, and take notice. But I think the other thing is it's the kind of signing we don't make unless they mm. have the have the manager that they've got, isn't it? Yeah, it goes back to the assurances that he was promised. You know, Sawiris and, and Eden said that he, you know, we were going to give you the money to to shape this squad. It'd be interesting to see how far they go and how much money they do give do give Emery because at some point they're going to have to put a lid on it slightly because, like Newcastle, you just can't keep spending. So um, I'm just going back to the the point of potentially Carl, uh, Carlos and, and Torres together. You've got two. Europa League winners there, and a Europa League, a Europa League winning manager, and Monchi, who's won, so, you know, helped mastermind so many wins at, at Sevilla. So, Villa are building something quite special. I think they're building a squad that other clubs in the Premier League are going to become very envious of. You know, you've got winners in there, you've got proven internationals now. For a while, for a long time, it was Villa's sort of pitch to players was come come to Aston Villa, we'll and come on this journey with us. You know, you're not quite in your international team yet. We'll get you in your international team. Emmy Martinez, Matty Cash, Emmy Buendia, all made their international debuts. Bubakar Kamara since Louise. signing for Villa. You know, Louise, someone desperate to get back into the the Brazil squad. But um, for pl- for players, it's always been like, come come on this journey with us. Now, what we're seeing with Villa is they're able to. Okay, Carlos doesn't play for Brazil, and and Pau Torres has lost his place in Spain in the Spain squad. So perhaps not quite there yet, but Villa are now able to actually go and get proper internationals uh, and build their squad with it. And you look at Bubakar Kamara, I mean, I think we've said it loads and loads of times on podcasts, haven't we? He's going to be one of Villa's best ever signings in terms of value for money because, you know, he's, he's, you're looking at a 60, 70 million pound talent, aren't you, at the moment? Uh, and that's after one season in the Premier League. How good is he going to be next season? And that might be something in the, in the owners thinking. They might be thinking, right, well, next year we can move on a player like that for big money because they're going to go on to bigger and better things anyway. Is this the right time to sign to get let them go when they're at the premium rate? They go to someone, you know, a PSG, etc., or a Barcelona, or you know, a, a top club that are in the Champions League, and Villa back themselves to go and replace them with quality signings like Brighton t- seem to do seem to do so well. Um, not saying that Villa are a selling club, but you know. That is good business to buy a player for free, get a couple of years out of him, sell him on for a very big amount of money, and then replace him with players who you feel can can fill in. Yeah, I think Villa's biggest strength at the moment is the fact that I don't think they've got. Not when you know Grealish was there, he was the the star man. He was the he was the star player. I think Villa's strength here is that they are a team. There's not one individual, I would say, who is the standout player in that team. I think, it, I suppose, Emi Martinez to, to an extent, obviously, yeah. as a World <laughs> Cup winner. But generally, I think they're just a well-oiled machine. They're, they're a good team. They defend properly now. They can control football, the football match pr- pretty well. They're capable of scoring goals. Very few games where they didn't score goals in, in Unai Emery's reign last season. So I think with the, you want to kind of do it now where I think this summer they, they need to be active. I still think they need maybe three players and, and a backup goalkeeper, two, three players and a backup goalkeeper, I would say they need. And I think, I think they need to spend money on, on those players. If you could, look, 
say, for example, at the moment, Villa, let's have Villa wanted Harvey Barnes for 50 million or they could get Wilfred Zaha on a free. I would take Zaha because I think he's yeah. the he's the more sure thing for me. I think he's the he, he's the better player, and I think you know Harvey Barnes will cost a, a lot of money if you can get players in for Chelsea, like they have done with Tillemans. They've picked up a high level midfield there with no with no transfer fee, rather than going and spending money on a on a, on a central midfielder. I think if you can do that, you do do that. But if a player comes up who's expensive, who who Villa feel they need, and Emery feels they need, they they will spend they will spend that money. And I just think in attack. That's where Villa Villa are short, and that's where they need to spend big money. I think so. Look, I mean, look, if if the funds are there to go and get a big money attacker, you know, somebody who's going to really transform your team, then you know, I hope, hope they are able to do that, and I hope they can generate the funds from the edges to sort of offset that. But you know, you you look in every you look in every year really to do a sale. I mean, Chuck Lemecker was. Was that January or the last summer? No, I can't remember. Twenty mil last, last summer, wasn't it? You know, and Villa didn't. Villa were expecting a sale in Keane and Davis. They were expecting him to go to Nottingham Forest, and and that didn't come off. So they did the, the look. They wanted to keep Chukwemeka, right? Let's not get that wrong. They wanted to keep Chukwemeka, but they needed a sale, and the Davis one didn't go through. So when Chukwemeka went through, that was what kept them going for just a little bit longer. You know, that's what they keep need to be doing good value sales because, um, you know, there, were, there wasn't any club out there that was willing to pay that amount for Chutamaker. So they did really well in that. Um, there was a point I was going to make, sorry, that I've just slipped my mind. Yeah, it was an interview with Tyro Mings that I did at the back end of last season. Um, it was actually after the last game. And he said, I asked him, you know, Villa have just qualified for Europe now. So is this the first step? of much bigger things, you know, are Villa really going to kick on now? And his reply is really sensible. And I think this is what a lot of fans will think as well. You know, the sensible ones will, will know that this is the 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 task of, um, of Villa's hands now. But he said the first, the next step for us now is managing a Europa campaign, you know, a, a European campaign and the Premier League fixtures. And I think we do have to look really careful at that now because I've been speaking to quite a lot of people uh, involved with clubs who have played in Europe, players and, and managers and coaches and, and executives, and it's it's the the, thir- the the Thursday to Sunday schedule is absolutely brutal. It really is. It, it from and that's not me saying it because I know it because I don't, I've never played, but I've spoken to enough people who have said that. And and there are going to be players in that Villa squad who that's going to be really new for. So I think the more players that Villa can get in with those European experiences. And the first two through the door, Tielemans and Torres tick the boxes because they've done it with Leicester and Villarreal, um, is going to help. Because for some, it's going to be really new. And what you got to look back at last season is Villa had a lovely run in the in the second half of the season with Emery. But he was planning Saturday to Saturday every single week. OK, he's been consistent in his message. He's always said, I want more games because I feel like um, I can judge and learn more from my team through games rather than training. Um, days but the fact that he was given so much time to prepare for opposition um, you know to have like five and a half days for example to prepare for each opposition you're going to have probably one next season yeah. you have one day and then and then things like that all start coming up you you go to you go to Romania on a, on a Thursday night you play you get back late on, and then you have your Friday off Saturday do the players want that hour long two hour long video session that Work so well when you have five days. 
there are going to be all these different little things that Villa are going to have to deal with next season. So just because they had a brilliant run in the league last year doesn't mean that they'll be able to continue that as well as the European football because there's going to be so much more to deal with. So there's just a lot. There's just a lot to to take into account for Villa. It's not going to be as straightforward as we've had a brilliant second half of the season under Emery. That's going to continue now. There's a, just so much that needs to be done to get it right. And you just think at some of those games, you know, the Leeds game, the, the Southampton game, um, that were just won by those one-goal margins and there wasn't really much in the games. They could easily go the other way next year on a Sunday when the players are tired. So I'm sorry if this is only really defeating. Oh, you are getting to a lot of people in the comments saying that you're being very negative and have it's a, been had too a bad, negative. Right, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. you've had a bad round of golf today. <laughs> I've actually played really well. Oh, well, um, well, yeah, sorry, I shouldn't shouldn't. Be I know. I, on I too, get the point of a, de- a defeative. Uh, no, I know the point you're trying to make. Here. It's I just, it. I think we have to um, lower expectations or, almost because there are there are no examples that we can fall back on in terms of teams outside of the top six who have qualified for Europe after a long time and then maintained it and stayed really good in the Premier League as well. I'd love it. It'd be fantastic if Villa could be the, you know, the pioneer almost, the team that really breaks the mould. But it's just so difficult. I feel so different to some of the stuff that that, you, that you've just said. I don't know whether it's like, obviously, <laughs> I'm... Obviously, Villa, I'm quite obviously a fan, so I'm I'm, I'm quite positive generally. And to be fair, you're usually pretty positive, actually. But, Am know, I being really negative? Not really negative. I think you're trying to be realistic, and perhaps it's it's coming a coming. I think you're trying to. I think you're covering all bases, basically. I, I, I would say, Greg Reaper, you've just been going. <laughs> <laughs> um, I you say that about Premier League, but West Ham got to the semi-finals of the Europa League a couple uh, of season yeah. before last, and they finished top six, top seven from what from what, what I remember. I just think Villa having Unai Emery, I just you know my belief is that Villa can go far in the Euro in the Europa Conference, they can go far in the other cups, and they can push towards finishing sixth, seventh again. That, that's my, my my genuine belief with this team, and I think. All the things that you're saying is the reason why they've got to spend. Surely they'll have to spend some mm-hmm. money because they've got to make the squad bigger. Because that was that's my complaint at the end of last season. I remember that Brighton game. There, there was we couldn't we couldn't change it either way. You know, if we'd have yeah. we, we were hanging on a touch. You know, we're winning by one goal going going into a crucial last ten minutes. There was nothing to bring on particularly to shore it up. But if we had have conceded, there wasn't anything to bring on to to change the attack. So Villa have to spend money. To improve in those attacking positions, you know they've got to an extent now, to a large extent, they've got they've got the depth and the and the and the, and the, and the squad power now in in the defence in the midfield. I think it's the mm. it's the attacking positions now, and that's going to be the hardest one to get right because it's not easy to get in forward players. Forward players are the, the most difficult to get right in the Premier League, I, I think, and they've they've got to do it, and they've got to do it in the right way because you don't want to be suddenly taking Ollie Watkins away from all the things he's done that. That he's been good at in 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 the second half of the season with him perhaps having to change roles slightly. You don't really want to do that, but you need different options. So Villa need to bring in another attacker because they need something different to Watkins. And Watkins isn't going to be he's been so durable, he isn't going to be able to do that for 60 mm-hmm. games, let's say Villa have 60 games. They've got to get another high level attacker in and they've got to get another high level high level winger in. They, they just have to. They'll have to spend money to to do that. So I just think that there's money there still to spend. And I get what you're saying about FFP. It's always something that has to be looked at. And Newcastle are cited as a recent example. You know, they went and got 
Isak and Gordon in the, in the last two windows. That's that's over a, a hundred million on on two players, and they bought other players. But they've Villa, got Champions League TV. Oh, they, they have now. Yeah, they have now, but they didn't have that when they bought. Isak no, no, but they wouldn't have been able to do Tenali if they didn't challenge. If they didn't, no, of course, qualify of course, for not. the Champions League. So it's all relative, but but yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, you know, for a good, I think a good season for Villa next year. It'd be fantastic if they could kick on and get hot, get seventh again or higher. But I think if Villa finish top half and have a real crack at, you know, winning that Europa Conference League and perhaps going a little bit deeper in the FA Cup, that'd still be a good season. That'll be at least part, won't it? You know, you top, offer me, you part. offer me West Ham season just gone. I'd, I'd take it just to win some because it's a cup. Yeah, I just yeah. want to win some. It's long overdue, isn't it? You win the Conference League, get you in the Europa League the next season yeah. as well. And, and, and yeah, of course, and that, and that's still progression, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and they've that's got natural the right, progression. They've got the right manager for the, for these kind of kind of things. I just, I just think that there's, a, there's a two, three more players, to, high profile ish players to come. I still think a backup goalkeeper will come as well, but I don't think that will be the most exciting signing in, in, in the world. But Villa have to, like I say, Villa have to get those, those two forward players in. I, I think, and they're adding to the squad as well. You know, Archer will be given preseason, a preseason trial to see if he's, he's good enough to take one of the spaces. But even if Archer's there for the season, I still think they need a, a, a another striker. They've got Duran, I think he'll go he'll go on loan. But Villa Villa still need to spend some money on forward players. Yeah, look, they're they're one or two players short, aren't they, for a for Europa camp, campaign? I think Archer could hopefully hopefully he'll get a chance and hopefully he'll have a run of games and show that he can score in the Premier League because he's ticked every other box. He's you know he's scoring for the scoring for England under twenty ones. He's 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 gone and um, he's done the championship twice now. Then that, the next step for him is to play in the Premier League and score some goals. So let's hope he gets that chance. Um, yeah, I'm with you, Dan. You know, Villa, Villa need another striker and or winger. You know, someone who can play maybe both of, both of those roles. And I'm sure they'll do that. It's just interesting to see how much the owners will be prepared to invest. Um, they've promised funds for for Emery. You know, the early signs are good. Getting a fourth centre back for for 35 million is a good sign for me. But I just think. Well, I know they have to be careful at some point because FFP will come, um, you know, onto them. So, yeah, they've got to keep their, they've got to keep their eye on it. But I don't think this summer it's going to come at the detriment of, you know, a sell to buy policy or or, or anything like that. No, I don't. I think, no, I, I don't think, think maybe that. Maybe I just think a little bit what you would what you, you would, need what to you trying to say. Yeah, sorry. Look, I, I, let me let me sort of clarify that then. Villa don't need to sell a player to buy another player. It's not that, but. Good businesses, good football clubs sell players to help build their team. You know, we see it with Manchester City, even who I hate to use Man City as an example because they're, you know, completely different to, to any club out there. But they sold Sterling and, and they're selling Mares this year and they're looking to offload others, you know, to keep rebuilding. You do need to sell players when they're at a premium sometimes to help build your squad and back yourself to get others. Um, and Villa hasn't really done that. To do that, is it? The, the squad's not big enough to do that. I, I, again, I completely, I, ta- I think you're. I know, I know, it's not valid. Like, they they you, can't you, do that. But you can't just keep buying players. No, you, no, you, no. They, the Villa can't do that. They haven't. Their revenue isn't. Their look. Tottenham's revenue last year was four hundred and forty-four million. Villa's is one hundred and seventy-eight million. Until they start increasing their revenue, they can't keep just buying players without selling them. They had a very expensive year last year buying. Getting Gerard in, sacking him, bringing Emery in, all of those players, you know, having injuries to players and having to bring in more players like Den Donker when they thought Douglas Louise was going and then he stayed. It's, you know, it's expensive. They've spent a lot of money. Hmm. Yeah, look, 
you're you're completely right in what you're saying. That they have the the Gerard debacle was just an absolute nightmare because that, like you say, you know, not only does it cost to get him in, it then costs to get all those people that came with him and him out, and that that you know that is ten million, yeah, ten million pounds. I'm 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 going to imagine that's why I didn't like what Perslow said about the season ticket prices going up because we've all got to come together to to bat to because to bat this manager that we've got this elite level manager now we've all got to we've all got to put put money in basically but you know he wasn't going to take a pay cut was it he wasn't he wasn't going to wasn't going to do that and he made the big mistake that cost Villa millions of pounds unfortunately so I did I didn't like that in, in all fairness but that's gone that was just me ranting that was a, that, that annoyed me at the, at the time I mean it was the owner's decision to increase the season tickets it wasn't Perslow's just for reference but He's involved um, in the decision, but he was—he's the one who came out and said said what he said about we've all got to we've all got to chip in. That was the bit that I, that I didn't like. To be I honest. mean, he's, he's the he's the voice. Anyway. He's the voice, isn't he? No, yeah. Look, he's look. He did some good. I think he did some good. I think he did some bad. He's gone now. I shouldn't have even brought that up. In in fairness, it was just something that that, that stayed with me. But they, you're right. That how much they had to spend on on getting rid of Gerard was a, was a was an awful lot of money. But also remember. January they sold they sold Danny Ings. They got extra money because West Ham stayed up. They didn't they were gonna invest money in January, weren't they? On on players if the right player had come up, but the right player didn't come up, so they didn't spend the money. So I just think oh, I think there's a lot there's a lot of money available for to Emery. He wouldn't be here if there, if there wasn't. You're right, he wouldn't be here. Those assurances have been given to him, but it would just be interesting to see whether they go through with it and how much how much actually is given to him and where that leaves Villa because some there's got to be a balance somewhere. No, no, it's, get, it's getting dark in here anyway. <laughs> is that a sign that we're coming towards the end? No, no, no. The, I know uh, I, I, the sun's I, going away. I know what you're saying. I think people, the way you explained it the first time, I think people were thinking that you were saying Villa had to sell to buy and there was no money, but that wasn't. No, what that, that's, not, that's not the case. It's just more of a yeah, I think I've explained myself now. Right, we're there. I think, I think we're there. There's, there's, there's money to spend, they've got to keep an eye on financial fair play. But if they can be careful, that would be a bonus because they've had an expensive year, as as Greg said. But be interesting to you know, be interesting to know when it'd be interesting to be a fly in the wall at these kind of meetings that happen mm-hmm. at, at Villa Park and know exactly what's going on. But that that's not us. We're not there. We're not the people at Villa Park. I think that does us. Yeah. We done. We done. I think so. Yeah, I no, haven't been too it. negative. I hope no, I've explained. No, so quick positive. Quick positive before you go, because I haven't okay, spoke to you about it. In, I haven't spoke to you about this. Because we haven't done one for a, for a couple of weeks, but McGinn new contract that that's good. I'd expect Watkins to. I'm surprised that hasn't been done already. In all honesty, Ollie Watkins. I'm not sure what's what's going on there. But the McGinn contract. I actually think McGinn's the first name on Unai Emery's te- team sheet in some kind. I don't know what position it would be, but I genuinely think the captain is the first name on the team sheet at Villa, which wasn't the case a year ago. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, yeah. Maybe speaking a bit too personally here, but because I've covered the club for quite a while and McGinn and Mings have been there, it's nice to see that the two players, the first two players that Emery's decided to give new contracts to, are both the mm. you know amongst the longest serving. Uh, I think it just helps a bit of give give gives the club a bit of continuity. Um, the two of them have been through it, you know, they've helped the club out of the Championship, kept the club in the Premier League, and then moving on to bigger times. I think you need that. You know, you've you've seen at some of the best performing clubs they have players that have been there and, and experienced it all. To have Mings and and um, McGinn leading Villa into Europe and hopefully into higher positions, you know, he's good. It's exciting, and and their time is not yet. You know, they're two of the top performers. I thought Mings um, Mings McGinn was excellent at the the back end of the season, 
Um, and just playing with a smile on his face, you know, I think it really got him down, his form under Gerard, um, which, you know, he was the first to admit it wasn't quite good enough. But um, there were a lot of people that turned their back on McGinn, including a lot of supporters who, you know, if you'd have, if you'd have asked Villa Park, should McGinn be playing around that time when Gerard was was sold? You know, a lot of them would have said no. Um, so fair play to him for, 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 for turning it around and showing that he's still good enough. I'll tell you what, though, he can't dance. He posted a video on his Instagram yesterday. <laughs> <Did they laughs> not, absolutely no rhythm. What's I've never, I don't think I've ever seen anyone with with less rhythm, to, to, to be honest. Well worth going on his Instagram and, and checking him out, trying to trying to do the dance in, in Zimbabwe. He just he just couldn't do it at all. Put Paul John McGinn. <laughs> Is there anything on Watkins' contract? Because Emery well, spoke we, about that and then yeah. it still happened. Yeah, so, I mean, I was told right at the back end of last season that, you know, talks had started and, and that they were expected to sort of progress quite quickly. Um, you know, there are a couple of clubs that are interested in him. Man United have, had mm. have, have scouted him and, you know, uh, checked out and, and sort of considered him almost. Bayern Munich were another club that um, have also considered him. So, you know, I, I don't expect Villa to, to lose him. I don't expect Villa to... Um, accept a bid if if a big bid does come in, but if a really really big bid comes in, then um, you know perhaps it's something they might consider. But look, I think he'll sign a new contract. Um, you know he deserves a new contract. The manager said he deserves a new contract. Um, the owners are willing to give him one. Uh, so I think it's, I presume they're just negotiating at this point. I think. I mean, I'm surprised. Like you said, I'm surprised that hasn't happened already. I thought that was a dead cert probably a couple of weeks before the season ended and it hasn't happened yet. Maybe when he just walks in body more on, the, on day one back, he'll, he'll, he'll sign yeah, that new contract. Expect it to happen. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've lost Yedinak. Yedinak's gone. He's gone to, gone to time. Great move for him, by the way, to go from low yeah. manager at Villa to first-team coach at Spurs. That's a hell of a move. Yeah, I mean, you'll obviously remember, Dan, when we both interviewed him for the... For the only the person that's ever scared me in my life. <laughs> I've seen him since as well. He scared me then. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, a good guy, very caring. Um, you know, obviously got a certain way about him and you can't ask him any sort of silly questions. He's very down the line, isn't he? Um, but did a bit of coaching with uh, one of the younger groups at Villa and, and was said to be very impressive. The players really enjoyed playing with him when he was a player. Um, he's done a lot for the youngsters in, in the in the loan department, and you know our conversations that we had with him. It was always very clear that he was going to become a, a coach or a manager in his own right. Um, the fact that he's taken that step now with with a manager that he knows well from the Australian setup um, will, will give him a, a more clearer insight into what it's like for him. But you know, I think they'll be really, um, I think he'll be really, you know, into trying to turn Tottenham around, and you know, I think it'd be good fun for Tottenham this year. I'd, I, I think they've got a really good manager, but I do think they are going to. I think they're on the slide. If they lose Harry Kane, um, you know, back Villa to fancy going getting ahead of them. To be honest, um, next season. But I do think they've got a very good manager, and you know, as Villa have seen with Emery, that massively helps. Madison's a good signing for them, isn't he? I yeah, think Harry Kane will be there. They'll just bank on that they have a good season and are able to persuade him to sign a new contract. That's all they're doing now, I think. I don't think they're selling yeah. to anyone. They're just praying they have a good season and win something perhaps and that they can tempt him to, to sign a new contract. So, yeah. Interesting. Tough, it's a, it's a mm. great move for Yedinak. I'm not, look, obviously, I don't want him to leave Villa and go to Tottenham, but 
from his perspective, being a loan manager, going to be a first-team coach at Tottenham at one of the best setups in the country in terms of, of training ground and facilities, you know, stadium, a hell of a move for him. And I wish him all, all the very best there because he's someone I'm very, very fond of. Yet, and that was a great player for Villa and has been great around the training ground in the last few years as well, doing his, doing his jobs. Right, there's a few people in the chat now. They start. I think they see the point that you were you were trying to make, Greg. I think we're. Okay. I, think, I think we're there now. I think Villa aren't scared by financial fair play. They just need to keep an eye on things and big and any kind of sale, losing wages, just naturally it does it does help with that. But Villa will spend money this transfer window. There's still money to spend, so don't fret about that. There'll be a couple of players coming in in the near future. I'm very very sure about that. Thanks ever so much for watching the show. Subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on wherever you are taking in this content, whether it be on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. I believe we're absolutely everywhere that we should be. If something happens, we'll jump on like we have done tonight. We won't be jumping on when Power Torres signs. I wouldn't think because we've just done. A video talking about Paul Torres at the, at the very, very start. But if anything else happens, anything develops, we will get Greg off the golf course and we will come and do an 1874 show. Thanks to Adam for multitasking, producing and cooking at the same time. I believe he was doing fair play. I wouldn't be able to do either of those things. In fairness, we look forward to seeing you all again and doing another 1874. Have a good rest of the evening up the villa. Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.